0: Okay, so we pick up in the final 20 of Empire Strikes Back. Hydraulic door shoots up. Luke is walking through what was, I guess, the, the the preservation chamber where they sealed Han previously. And out pops a red lightsaber and Lord Vader and Luke's first official lightsaber duel. Exactly. He holds his own better than we would have expected in this scenario. There's a lot of taunting from Vader. They begin to fight. Uh, Luke actually gets the high ground on Vader by jumping by falling down into that same shaft where Han was frozen in Jumping out very quickly and then spraying some gas at Vader. Meanwhile back at the ranch. We've got uh, Lando and Leia and 3PO and Chewie being marched along as prisoners, but Lando in a rare moment of heroism in this movie has actually rigged it so that uh, their uh, their keeper rescues them and they fight off some stormtroopers and then they're running to stop boba fett and uh of course han solo from escaping on slave one and they they don't make it exactly uh luke continues to fight vader uh vader really starts to turn up the heat and starts using the force to his advantage throws a bunch of objects at luke luke just gets winded and gets his ass handed to him uh vader pushes him out of a window Uh, using the Force as well by breaking the window open, uh, and then chops off his hand, and we have a very important moment. Of course, he reveals that he is Luke Skywalker's father. What? Oh, my God. It was truly mind-blowing. And Luke chose that as opposed to joining his father... A most likely death and falling hundreds and hundreds of feet is the better option. And he's right, because he doesn't die. He's totally fine. And he ends up uh, hanging from a weather vane at the bottom of Cloud City. Indeed. Meanwhile, Lando uh, makes some kind of Cloud City-wide broadcast, uh, warning all of the citizens to get out of town, because the Empire is here. And that kind of instills a certain amount of chaos in the community. Yeah, they hop on the Falcon from there, and they're going to try and jump into Lightspeed so that they can get out of the area, but they realize their hyperdrive has been disabled somehow, and then R2 and 3PO get in a fight, but R2 ultimately, like he always does, saves the day and fixes it. That's right, and they rendezvous with the rebels and they have every intention of going to Tatooine where they have a checkpoint so that they can stop uh, Jabba the Hutt from doing whatever he might be about to do with Han Solo and the movie ends. There's also some some awesome force conversations though in there. Okay, let's start with that. So there's, just a second, there's a few conversations where Leia also has a conversation with Luke. Right. She's able to see that Luke needs help. They go rescue Luke and then Luke starts to have that conversation now with Vader and Vader's continuing his, come join me, and Luke is like, what the hell, Ben? Why didn't you tell me? Two big Last Jedi things happening oh, yeah. with those things. Uh, for one, the fact that Leia never gets enough credit as a mm-hmm. I- intensely strong Force user. Yeah. She's b- had zero training, and she's able to tap in. Now, some people could say that it's Luke using the Force through Leia, but I think that's just horseshit. No, I don't think uh, Luke, who has virtually no training at all, can just, like, send a force message to any old person. No, but I I, think—and obviously, I don't—I believe it purely being Leia is extremely strong with the force, because why wouldn't she be? But there's always the argument that you could say where because Luke is strong with the force and because they're related that he's able to— leverage that kind of the twin communication Fair on enough. top of the force but no it, it's the fact that their twin communication is heightened by the fact that they're both insanely force sensitive now that saves luke's life and that's wonderful uh amazingly and i don't know how many times i've seen this movie i have no memory whatsoever of this conversation that luke has with vader the only reason you have no memory of it is because it's not the same kind of conversation luke is talking to ben yeah and vader is talking to luke now, but Luke can hear him, and it's done in this a very similar way to what it's done the way it's done in The Last Jedi. Right. But I think that's the reason why we don't associate it, because it's not so cut and dry a conversation where it's like they're in the same room. Last Jedi makes it look like it's face-to-face. Exactly. And I think that's great. And I loved what Ryan Johnson did with it. That was like one of my favorite things of the movie, that whole concept. But once again, people just assuming it's Ryan Johnson making shit up and doing it his way. It existed before. Yeah, force projection existed before. Absolutely. Leia having the force existed before. Totally. <laughs> Absolutely. I did. I did find it a little bit corny when Vader just quietly says, "Luke, father," and then immediately Luke, in some kind of uh, dismembered coma, shoots awake and he goes, "Father." Like, yeah. you don't call him father. You well, hate him. Luke has terrible lines, always. <laughs> yeah, but Lawrence Kasdan wrote this script. Yes, but after seeing Solo, we know that he's not flawless. <laughs> I know. But as he's... much as he has given us the best movie of all time. Yeah, give him a break. He did write Empire Strikes Back. I know. I'm, I'm kidding, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and maybe we can blame some of the, the shortcomings of the Kasdans on, on Jonathan. I love him. Do you? Oh, my God. He has had some hilarious tweets lately. Oh, good. Uh, he's... You can just tell that he is so in love with Star Wars that he is just reveling this opportunity, and I think that's great. That's really nice. Yeah, it's really nice to see. Now, speaking of the the measurement of Vader's performance in that duel, is it fair to say that Rogue One kind of rewrote the three duels of the original trilogy? In that it's not exactly clear—it's kind of clear that Vader is taunting— Obi Wan. Oh, okay. See and he's here. certainly taunting Luke at the start of this duel because you're right; he definitely turns up the heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is certainly not clear in those original three movies exactly what he's physically capable of. That's true. However, Luke does get a clear shot on Vader. So Luke does hit Vader once. He gets him right before Vader lops off his arm, lops yep. off his hand, and he, he plays on the fact that Anakin's biggest weakness was his rage. Yep. And in this instance, Vader just gets mad and he decides that, you know what, he wants to end the fight so that he can just put Luke in his place, basically put his kid in the corner. Right. Uh, But he decides, you know what, I'm going to end this. And he gets really angry and it, it leaves an opening for him. He becomes exposed. But right before that does happen, when Luke is like a good step back, he doesn't really know where Vader is and Vader has all the control, that's as terrifying as like... Rogue One. Not right. to the same like slaughtering degree, but his ability to just make the room cave in on Luke. Yeah. Everything on the walls was just coming at him left and right. He blows him out a window. Mm. I mean, he just creates this typhoon. He's this ominous presence that like Luke, at few points, doesn't know where he is. Yeah. It's like... Vader really turns on the terror in that they fight. They have some very cool special effects, and they can really illustrate for the first time what mm. the dark side of the Force is capable of. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. That's true. Uh, but, which is supposed to be what we're seeing, because that's what Yoda was warning. Absolutely. It would be a very interesting exercise to watch this duel back-to-back the back to back with the one in Return of the Jedi, because theoretically, Luke shouldn't be too much better of a duelist by the next time he duels with somebody. hmm a lot of time has passed, and he's had a lot of time to meditate with the Force and grow as a Jedi. So, emotionally, he should be tempered very differently in Return of the Jedi. And you get a very different Luke Skywalker in Return of the Jedi. Oh, right across yeah. the board. And and that's good character growth. Oh, it, yeah. It really is good writing. It's the best Luke Skywalker. But I would be interested to watch his physicality in the next duel versus his emotional performance in the next duel. Well. I find them, actually, they're they're so heavily related in Return of the Jedi. It's because uh, he fights with the dark side in that fight. He's Anakin, that entire fight in Return of the Jedi. That's interesting. He's just, like, with—well, he's Anakin, but not one of the best swordsmiths in the entire—like, swordsmen in the entire galaxy. Right. Anakin was an incredible duelist. Luke is shit but in terms of coming at it with just pure rage like luke luke has a better fight in empire than he does in return of the jedi yeah but i don't think that is good storytelling because ultimately luke should be very flawed in this fight because he disobeyed his master who mm-hmm. knew best and in the next movie he he wins he actually he doesn't he doesn't win no, no he doesn't he gets his ass handed yeah, to him yeah he does you're right <laughs> yeah that's right now and he's... ultimately good prevails although it comes from vader yeah and now he he does like spare vader Yes. He does spare Vader when he's, like, going to town on him. But that's the thing. Like, he's using the dark side. Yep. he's He goes into that fight just not even knowing what's on his side. Mm-hmm. So he grows a lot during the entire fight of Return of the Jedi. And and it, it just goes to show you, uh, because my entire life, Luke always prevailed as the the light side hero sure. through the entire movies, of course. But the first time this was going about, there was the strong possibility of him ret- him going to the dark side. That's what Mark Hamill wanted. George Lucas played with it. The fact that he wears black the entire movie, but at the very end, right when he's revealed to show his true colors, the white appears in his clothing. Like there's a lot of consistencies to show that Luke uses the dark side throughout Return of the Jedi. And so it'd be interesting to kind of see the way that he ends this movie not using any like really, really hardcore light side He has all his morals. He tells Yoda he's not going to compromise any of them. But by the time we get to the next movie, he is a different person. He force chokes a guy randomly just because. Well, and if you disabuse (laughs) yourself of everything we know about lightsaber culture now and and all that Mm -hmm. existed in the Old Republic when the millions of lightsabers that existed and the different tones of lightsaber Mm -hmm. color that represented different uh, Jedi characteristics, if you you completely detach everything you know about that and just think about how people felt when they first saw a green lightsaber, that's... Hugely symbolic of the fact that Luke is choosing not to go good or bad because in all the other duels we've seen granted There's only been two red is very ominous and it's associated with black and it looks devilish Mm -hmm. and blue is is angelic and it's pure and Green is just something altogether different. Mm -hmm. And so it brings in this new uh, ingredient which really is a through line in all of Luke's character arc through the end of last Jedi mm-hmm. is well, it's, something new altogether. It's interesting because it's completely accidental. The reasons why green were chosen for two reasons. Uh, think I, I hear two different reasons. One reason is that uh, the blue didn't show up against the blue sky on Tatooine. On yeah, oh, sand barge. Sure, yeah. And it wouldn't because if you see that sky, it is so blue. The story I heard is that he this thought is... people would think it's confusing. They would say, yeah. where did that lightsaber come from? Yeah, and that's the other one. However, that one I think is less likely. Purely on the basis of in the initial cut, there is a deleted scene of him building the lightsaber. So you do get to see that it is a different lightsaber. Oh, that's kind of cool. Uh, and my actually, and I know we're getting into Return of the Jedi stuff now, finishing on Empire. This is good. But it is my one of my favorite Easter eggs. And it's I don't think it's been canonized i think it's just a theory but i absolutely love it and it's that luke's lightsaber crystal is qui-gon's but where would he get it obi-wan obi-wan's had he had qui-gon's lightsaber he kills darth he cuts darth maul in half with it and otherwise where is he going to get a green kyber crystal exactly obi-wan had in his trunk Anakin's lightsaber, his own lightsaber, and in my books, he also had Qui-Gon's. And he took out the crystal, and Luke was able to see it. He saw this, like the, pl- the designs of Obi-Wan's, and so he was able to build one using that design and schematics, yeah. and then use the crystal of Qui-Gon's. Okay, but to my previous point, Qui-Gon also, with a green lightsaber, mm-hmm. represented this renegade Jedi who ultimately had good values, but he didn't want to completely conform to either the good or the bad. It's interesting because with the lore surrounding lightsaber colors and what they represent. And there's been a lot of mixture when it comes to how canon and legends represents that. Canon has now reintroduced the fact that you're not, you don't go out and you choose and find a lightsaber kyber crystal that has a specific color. But you go out, and kyber crystals are all clear, and the color just appears depending on who your lightsaber is. And then Sith can bleed them and turn right. them into red. The one chooses the wizard, Mister Potter. Yeah, exactly. So yes. it's, it still follows that same sort of line. But initially, green was for consular. So this is how the old EU would explain it. And, and those were more diplomatic Jedi who chose to use the Force over their lightsaber. Oh. Uh, whereas there were guardians and defenders who were more of the action oriented in the generals of Jedi Wars, the Obi Wan's, the Anakin's, whereas you had others who were more of the, um, like almost like the mentalists of the Jedi's, the people who really thought deeply, like the Yodas, uh, who would use greens. But greens, by that definition, are kind of more of a ceremonial weapon. Well, no. They would still be used frequently. Yeah. But just in terms of, that slight division and then when it comes to lightsaber color there's so many different like variations on what those are and what they mean but yeah green is generally not associated with being the middle ground uh purple is associated with being that middle ground in the sense of it's a mixture of blue and red right Uh, and mace windu towing the line of someone who was purely light side but could tap into his anger and the anger of others the way dark side user would but not use the dark side so that's why he was so rare because you like that's a, that's a hard line to be on because most people are going to fall to the dark side if you're on that line. Now I want to redact something I said last week about Lando, which is that he really, on paper, just seemed like a straight villain in that in that twenty. He didn't in this. He was very oh, yeah. he, very, very much a hero a hero in this twenty. Hey, it sounds like him Let's do a chest to save him And even at the very end, dressing up like Han. I know that's weird, eh? Yeah, it's uh, no cape there. At first, I was upset about it, and then I just thought, like, logistically, it makes sense. He's been running around in these other, like, dirty clothes. He's like, there's a fresh change of clothes in Han's drawer. I may as well put on Han's shirt. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> who cares? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Also, like, I found him very serious, and it kind of took another 5% away from how I felt about Donald Glover's performance, which I, I know I'm the only person in the world who wasn't crazy about... Yeah, you are. ...Donald Glover's performance. Uh, I love the guy, but... I think he was just hamming it up a bit too much. And I understand he's a younger Lando. I understand. And less mature. But, like, this Billy Dee Williams. Is suave AF. And he's also got a deeper voice. And like, well, that's what I love Billy D. Williams when he told Donald Glover, because Donald Glover, like, had lunch with him or, like, you had to sit down with yeah. him. And he's like, I've got all these ideas. Like, maybe Lando came from this kind of background. Like, this is the world he grew up on. And he literally just, like, let me ramble on for a while. And then I was like, So what do you think? And he, <laughs> I don't even think he was looking at me when he said it. He was like, I don't know. Just be charming. Like, <laughs> I know. And like, I, I probably got to lay off a little bit. But, uh, I, just, I liked Lando a lot in this twenty, seeing it isolated from all the other stuff in the movie that he does. That's that's mm-hmm. wrong. Just seeing him as a hero in this in this twenty I watched today was oh, this is a good guy. Oh, Lando's great in Return too. It's like, interesting. Also, Return of the it, Jedi, he blows up the sam the second Death Star. He appears to have a bond with Luke very quickly. Like like Luke just kind of wakes up from his horrible nap with one hand and fumbles his way to the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon, and Lando puts a hand on his shoulder. I was like, you've never met. No, that's true. But I guess Lando's just kind of one of those, like, warm people that can charm anyone. He's not just going to charm women. He's going to charm literally freaking anyone that will make his life easier. Totally, and Luke has no reason not to trust Lando. Yeah. Even less than Leia, in fact. He just sees Lando as this guy who seriously helped his friends. Yeah, I mean, really, though, and he just saved his life? Yeah. When it comes to, like, according to Luke... Lando could be a damn saint. Yeah. (laughs) At this point, he's like, you are my friend. (laughs) You are the nicest person I've ever met in the galaxy. Thanks, buddy. Let's go get my other best friend. (laughs) Who's also a really nice guy. Give me your Padawan question. I will give you my Padawan question. It is... Oh, what is the last word uttered in Empire Strikes Back? Um... The last word uttered. Okay, there's like quite a John Williams overture towards the end of this, so I feel like mm-hmm. there's a little bit of music and some shooting back and forth bef- like after the last of the dialogue. Yeah. Uh, or the last... F- you, if you give me the last phrase, I'll also be happy. The last phrase... Why do I feel like it's C-3PO? I feel like C-3PO always it, gets the last word. It isn't. It's not? Uh, shoot. Um, In both cases, it's it's luke i think luke okay comes from luke yeah. so he gets another message from vader join me join me join me and luke just goes no <laughs> no no so the last <laughs> phrase in the movie is said by luke and it's, may the force be with you oh that's uh, good and chewy oh, res- yeah. chewy responds uh. Uh, yeah and, but after that luke also says ow so I would have taken either <laughs> ow or may the force be with you. Ow. I love that it's ow. Yeah, it's ow when he's getting his uh, his new fake hand tested out. Oh, he just kind of like mutters. Ow. ow. No, see, he, sa- he clearly says ow because really? I went back a couple times because I thought it ended on may the force be with you. And I was like, this is a good question. Mm-hmm. But then I said, he's like, no, he clearly said a word, ow. Man, they pull that mechanical hand together so fast super fast (laughs) it's insane and you know what the best part is he wears a glove the rest of the damn time he He never takes that fucking glove off i know it's perfect flesh well later on it's just mechanical again yeah so yeah, what's who, that about? Why did he rip off the extra flesh? Was it getting in the way? <laughs> maybe maybe there's like some, pres- like I don't he, know. He probably got an upgrade. He and prob- didn't care to get it covered in skin. That, yeah, you just mean like a computer upgrade? Like he just got the hardware redone? Yeah, like they realized, oh shit, in order to make improvements on his hand, we need to literally tear off his skin. Let's not do this If you have artificial flesh covering your robotic hand, you gotta take like a supplement on the regular or something to keep that flesh from rotting away. And if he's been living on the island by himself, he doesn't have a GNC where he can go get his supplements. So I have to think that maybe that's just a matter of like. He's just calling. He's, you know what I'm saying though? You know, like he he does he's living pretty bare bones on that island when mm-hmm. he has the just the raw mechanical hand again. You yeah, understand what I'm is, saying. He's <laughs> definitely living bare bones on that island. I said it like an asshole, but I, I I do mean what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. I I know you're being facetious as well. Uh, what's your paddle in question? Luke loses which hand? Wow, that is an. A shockingly difficult question. That's what I hoped you would say. Hmm. I'm really confident I know the answer, but I'm only (laughs) 50-50. That's not that confident. (laughs) Well, no. I I think I know the answer, but it's the one that would be more surprising. Is it the right hand? He does lose his right hand. Okay, I was like 90% sure it was his right hand. I mean, the best way to figure that out is that Luke is, of course, right-handed, and he's holding his lightsaber. Yes. However, you could also go on the notion of your right hand... It's more likely to be his dominant hand, and usually when people lose a limb in movies, it's the one that doesn't matter as much. It is a bold move to dismember his most important hand. Yeah, it is. So I was thinking there was a chance, but yeah, right hand. Well, and for what a great warrior Luke becomes intergalactically, it's good he doesn't have to do that many lightsaber duels. Mm. Or does he, between the events of episodes 5 and 6? Are there lots of, like, canonized uh, stories and legends? There's there's not a whole lot of canon between 4 or 5 or 5 and 6. Really? Uh, There's a little bit. It's mostly done in comics, which is one of the only mediums that I haven't really gotten to yet. I'm sure I'll, at some point, fire through all the Darth Vader comics, because I know those are the ones that are renowned as the best, and I've read some of those. I have read some of those, and they are incredible. Uh, But I don't really know the gaps in that timeline. Luke is he does more exploration after return of the jedi in this time period i assume it's more of a training period for him Mm -hmm. Uh, i don't think he would do a whole lot of dueling also um he doesn't have a lightsaber so the only time he's going to get his lightsaber uh, although it's been decanonized because it wasn't in the movie it was a deleted scene but initially he built that lightsaber like 10 minutes before he goes into Jabba's palace oh wow yeah that's interesting he finishes it right outside okay Well, they have done enough now between episodes three and four, between the TV show Rebels and the two uh, movies that we've gotten in the last two years. Uh, They're great, but let's start exploring some other territory. Well, we're going to go hardcore into between six and seven now. Yep. Because that's where Jon Favreau's show is going to be. That's where the Resistance TV show is going to be. Yeah. Uh, It wouldn't surprise me at all if ryan johnson's trilogy was in that time period as well right uh with totally new characters but some way to kind of link it into the events that will happen following uh it's just it's the new large chunk of time that is yet to be explored that isn't going prior to the phantom menace right which is where i think universally everybody wants benioff and weiss to end up because the, the Game of Thrones guys, Game of Thrones guys, yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's fair to to want them to do our Old Republic. <laughs> it is that seems right because that seems it? really awesome. It almost seems like let's get those guys to do the Old Republic show. We well, want to do. People talk about it like that's what it is already. But this is how people talk about Star Wars. They talk yeah. about stuff like they've already figured it out, and they're always wrong, and mm-hmm. then they get pissed. Yeah, that's generally the way it goes. Yeah, actually, an interesting little point, and I know we're getting off of the twenty a lot. I don't time, care. But, uh But on Game of Thrones and Star Wars. Uh, Fist Nest, the character yeah. uh, in Solo, is based off of uh, Maisie Williams' character Arya Stark in Arya Game of Stark. Thrones. Yeah, see, I don't even watch Game of Thrones, and I know Arya Stark is amazing. Yeah. But like I don't I don't watch it either. But yeah, I also knew that as well. And so the fact that they were going for that with Enfys Nest, they clearly missed because I hated that character. Exactly <laughs> what I was gonna say. And like I, they can they can develop her some more. I'm interested. Oh yeah, I'm I'm interested. It's good there's tease. definitely a good story to tell there. But her place in Solo did not uh, did not uh, titillate me at all. Yeah, I mean we won't go into spoilers specifically on that. And, right. But it it just didn't fit. No. It was uh, a cool character. That would have been great to explore with, like, an arc in Rebels. Yeah, totally. And felt like a character that would have been explored in, like, an arc in Rebels or the Clone Wars. Do you want to? Do you want to do some quotes? I think yeah, all sure. the best quotes must have come from Vader. And ninety percent of them come from Vader. Uh, I loved Lando's though It's not my fault When he does the Han line (laughs) It is Well I never really noticed That line from Han Before this viewing either Both of them are really desperate Like when Mm -hmm. something goes And in fact it's the same thing That goes wrong with the Falcon The hyperdrive isn't working And they kind of (laughs) whine They told me they fixed it I trusted it it. It's not my fault Because it's just them like deferring blame. Tell me it wasn't me. <laughs> exactly. Because both of them know that they get blamed for a lot of stuff, and uh-huh. in many cases, rightfully so. Yeah. I really meant to do right this time, and it's yeah. not working out. It's not my fault. <laughs> One of the last things uh, 3PO says in this movie, uh, he's met up, back up with, with, with R2-D2, and R2-D2 bloop bloops, and C-3PO goes, I know I've looked better. I thought that was kind of funny. I that know is a, I've looked better. Yeah, that is going. Through has got another couple good ones. Uh, the city central computer told you? R2D2, you know better than to trust a strange computer. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really good. Yeah, that's very good too. And also, R2, come back at once. You haven't finished with me yet. Uh, you don't know how to fix the hyperdrive. Chewbacca can do it. I'm standing here in pieces. Uh, and you have delusions of grandeur. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> basically I know. just like telling r2 we can't do it and of course he saves the day for a character who's not very well liked c3po has some great lines oh absolutely 3 PO's like i don't know he's he's this through line yeah that it, it feels weird like it felt weird not having him in solo Yeah, very first time he's not been in a star wars movie although mm-hmm. anthony daniels played his uh, wookiee he played a, yeah he played a wookiee in um on uh, castle whatever Yeah, (laughs) I think that's just so he could say he's been in the mall Which, I mean, let's face it, I would too Your destiny lies with me, Skywalker Obi-Wan knew this to be true You know, a lot of Vader's dialogue Sounds cool because it's coming from Vader Just on paper, a lot of it's not cooler Than the way Anakin Skywalker spoke in the prequels Like, in in a way, the clunky dialogue of Anakin Skywalker Is, it would sound cooler if it came from Vader You know what I mean? Yeah, it would he speaks very stentorian and like with these like weird, uh, this is weird phraseologies. Like but it's what does inti- That's the thing is it's intimidating coming from Vader. Yeah, it's just so not intimidating coming from Anakin. No, Anakin's a, it's a whiny kid. Yeah, you could also just say that like, I don't know. When you look at Kim Jong Un, you just see a giant baby. But yeah. he also has, you know, some nukes. So yeah, that helps. He can be scary. <laughs> that you can make some. You can make someone who's a wimp in certain situations pretty scary. If you, you're right. Give you're right. Time. I wanted to unpack uh, another thing he said to Luke. He says, "Luke, you can destroy the Empire. He has foreseen this. Emperor. It is your destiny. So uh, he has foreseen this. This is the Emperor has foreseen this. He has foreseen Luke destroying him. Yeah. So this again kind of brings us back to." uh this order of or not the order but the the rule of two thing with the sith so is the emperor at peace with the fact that luke and vader are going to overthrow him no he's specifically trying like and that's the thing that makes that's weird is because the emperor is getting vader to go bring in luke so he can kill vader so he can kill vader and vader knows that and vader knows that so vader's going to recruit luke so they can kill the emperor together Luke doesn't want to take part in any of it. Right. And then, well, and at the end of Revenge of the, uh, sorry, Return of the Jedi, the Emperor tells Luke to kill Vader, and very much in the same way of like that do it moment from when Anakin kills Count Dooku. Luke chooses not to. Why are they trying to seduce Luke with aggression? Like Palpatine, when he got uh, Anakin over to the dark side, he befriended him, and like he really like. He did it in a more subtly manipulative way, whereas you'd think Luke would be even easier to manipulate because he has no friends. Because Vader's not a strategist. I guess. Vader's the one like if it was if it was the Emperor and he was able to be in like to hide himself in like this friendly old man position again, he could he could do it easily with Luke. Easier. Yeah. Because he wouldn't have had the same people looking out for him. But because it's vader going to seduce him he does it in vader's way and it just doesn't work right um yeah i guess it's, it's just the it's the approach specifically and, and that goes down to showing you that it really wasn't anakin's choice the force that you had someone from the age of like like nine who was just controlling him without even realizing it right from the beginning you think palpatine was controlling anakin right from the phantom menace Oh, absolutely. I we'll guess. be watching your career with great interest? Yeah. That's him telling you, dude, I am going to be making everything. Like, I will move mountains so that you are the most famous Jedi in the world so that I can have you as my own. Yeah. He yeah. always wanted Anakin. I guess. Because Anakin was created by him. Oh. Well, there's debate whether it was Plagueis or Palpatine. who. What are you talking about? That's a thing? Yeah, the virgin birth. I know, but I don't know of any... I I don't know of specific, like, Sith Lords impregnating Shmi Skywalker. Well, no, but in terms of creating life, Plagueis was able to create life, and so it was either Plagueis or Palpatine who created Anakin. Okay, but I need you to be more specific, because it's just implied to us in that movie that suddenly Shmi got pregnant. Yep. It's exactly how it is, just in terms of... So there's a lot of different ways. Some people say that, and I don't, I don't. I don't think there's an official confirmation on how like how everything worked. But some people say that it be, in Plagueis' attempts to create life, he failed, and in doing so, created Anakin, mm-hmm. someone who could actually bring a balance to the Force. Right. And so then they, created... but wasn't purely evil like he was going for. Exactly. Yeah. And then, therefore, they were like, okay, well, shit, now we need to make sure he's on our side. Or, uh, Plagueis didn't learn it. He was not able to learn how to create life, but Palpatine was, and then created Anakin for himself. And so there's, like, a few different variations, but... Pretty much it's guaranteed that one of Palpatine or Plagueis is behind the birth of Anakin. I think you're dropping a bit of a bomb right now. I think like maybe people know that, but not that many people know that. Really? Yeah. I think that's because that's the reason why like, when all the Plagueis information stirred up with Snoke, um, people really started to dig deep and analyze the impact that that character has had so far in the series. And it really made people kind of realize that that moment, the the very memed moment at the opera house, that's a more pivotal moment than we realize. And that really, Palpatine's explaining how he's been manipulating the situation since before Anakin was alive. Okay. And then when he was reintroduced to his life at like the age of nine, he was able to control his Jedi growth. Man, we gotta see a young Palpatine movie. Oh, I think it would be amazing. That would be amazing. Oh, I definitely, I think that would be so phenomenal. It would be like The Godfather, you know? Like... Well, it's really interesting because Plagueis was also such a highly regarded Legends book that they're taking a lot of the stuff from Legends, and I think you could really build a really cool story. Uh, and I, I still, I still think it would have been a very—I—I I, I don't have anything wrong with Snoke being Plagueis. You could still work that I, out. I still think it can work. Now, even dead. Even dead. Even dead, it can work. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say even killed is it necessary? trivially, but like he wasn't killed trivially. Well, that's the thing is, if you want to make Snoke the big baddie of all nine movies, you can absolutely do it. Yeah. You bring him back in episode nine, which okay. is very reasonable if he is Plagueis. If he's not, then no. Right. No, thank you very much. No, thank you at all. Yeah. But if that's what they want to go for, there is an angle that I think you can still play. And I think that would also pose the opportunity of Snoke could then get... The whole other exploration of a movie where it's like Snoke slash Plagueis and a young Palpatine. Uh, There was a really, uh, I know for a while people um, wanted James Franco to play a young Palpatine. I don't think that's going to happen. No, definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) But at a time, people people thought that could have been kind of cool. He's also not a very good actor, James Franco. Like I think he's acted okay a couple of times, but like I don't think he could do that. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think it's the right fit. Yeah, uh, I I'd, I'd be curious to know who would be though. So yeah. if anyone has an idea on who would be a cool uh, a cool young Palpatine, yeah, portrayer. definitely send us a tweet at Recorder sixty mm-hmm. six. Who could play a young Palpatine and and give us a, a broad spectrum of ages because I guess that's kind of yeah open to interpretation. Uh, I I don't know why I've always uh, I, I think he's been depicted as having red hair. Weird. As, a, as, like, a, like a young, I'm assuming Ian McDermott must have. That's the reason why they've chosen to go probably. out, probably. Um, Yo, what about that kid who plays the Joker on Gotham? He's got red hair. Well, he is he's a scary. fucking incredible actor. He's a great actor, and he's scary, man. He is. He's not British, so he'd have to be able to put on a good British accent. Mm. Oh, I've got it. Oh. Bring him back, Rupert Grint. Do it. <laughs> that guy is due for a comeback. I like it a lot. Rupert Grint is... Sheev Palpatine. <laughs> Uh yeah all right any other good quotes there are a lot of good quotes I mean actually. I mean there's endless good quotes uh, of course the big one what's the big one in this one <laughs> <laughs> you know what this one is so obvious I don't even want to name the episode after this oh, no we have to do we we have to I guess we should name are we gonna name it No I am your father or I am your father just call it No <laughs> <laughs> No well specifically everybody quotes it as Luke I am your father that's one of those Mandela effect things No. I am the father. That's even one that like I will say. Yep. And then without even missing a beat, correct myself immediately after just because it's programmed just in all of our heads to say, Luke, I am your father first. It is no weird. I know I am your father. I think Luke's reaction to that is awful. Hardcore cringe. It's not true. That's impossible! Search your feelings, you know it to be true. It's a major take back I He have looks like here. he's about to melt. He looks like he's going to melt like at the end of Indiana Jones. Like, no. He like does this weird face <laughs> thing and I mean, the the melodramatic no has been used a number of times in Star Wars and almost never well. Nope. Um my favorite one's easily uh, young Obi-Wan when Qui-Gon dies. Yeah, that's a it's good not one. Not even close. That one really hurts cuz it, he it's also acted well, which none of the other ones are. <laughs> that makes all the difference. It really it does. Out. Yeah. It's I mean, it, Some people have said that it would make more sense for Luke to just not believe Vader. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if I agree with that. Like, Luke has no reason not to believe Vader. Like, why else would Vader say it? Yeah, I mean, he knows Vader was the one who killed his father. That's what he thought. So it's not so out there. And And for people who don't know it, actually, this is a cool little tidbit. uh, But only four people actually knew this was the real line. Right. So Mark Hamill, James Earl Jones, George Lucas, and... uh, I guess, Lawrence Kasdan or Robin right. Kirshner or... No, it definitely would have been... Yeah, it must have been those two guys. They must have both known. Well, then it must have been five. That yeah. doesn't make much sense. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. writer-director. Um, David Proust didn't even know. He didn't know. He delivered a different line he delivered on set. The line, uh, no, Obi-Wan killed your father. And that was supposed to be like this big twist. Yeah. And in fact, <gasps> oh, that's what it was. Mark Hamill didn't know. Mark Hamill didn't know. Mark Hamill didn't know because he just reacted the same way as if... Obi-Wan killed your father. No, that's impossible. Um, Yeah, but it is possible because we don't know anything about Ben and you barely knew Ben. But he (laughs) is so obsessed with Ben. He just keeps talking about him constantly. You know what? Vader is really obsessed with Ben too. That's something I really really picked up on in like... So does Darth Maul. Man, people love... And everyone on Reddit. Yeah, (laughs) totally. But like everything (laughs) Vader says to Luke is Obi-Wan never told you this. I bet you didn't hear that from (laughs) Obi-Wan. Obi- it really is. He says it constantly. Oh, my God. Now I'm all going to think of Vader as being like Hayden Christensen, Anakin. <laughs> no. No, but that's good. That's a good connector. Because it is. Because Hayden Christensen, Anakin was obsessed with Obi-Wan in a bitter negative way towards the end. The end. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple other. Vader has a weird kind of like falling with style moment. Yeah. Well, at it, the start of the fight with Luke where it's he like, like he, levitates down. He glides down. It's It's very weird. It doesn't fit. Uh on the other side, stood out. On the other side, Luke pulls off an amazing force leap. Yeah, it really is. Like he just shoots out. He does. Uh it's impressive. And it's it's it shows how much he really learned while on Dagobah. Yep. Because he's also way better with his lightsaber here. Um there's just some other good lines here. Only your hatred can destroy me. That was a very packed line, isn't it? Yeah. It's really I mean it's it's antithetical to the to the uh dogma that He's been hearing from Yoda up mm-hmm. until now. He's basically saying, don't reject your hate. Hate is exactly what you need, which is a little stupid. Well, I like what he also says. Obi-Wan has taught you well. You have controlled your fear. Now release your anger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just like he he really, it, it lets you in know a lot about what the dark side is and how, I, I guess, how a Force user would leverage it um, and really right. kind of tap into that potential. In the same way that like, Anakin did. Just so much hatred yep. that turned him in, into who he was. But Luke shouldn't have that much hatred. Like, really. No. I mean, he he would hate Vader for for uh, being his father who he has wanted to admire all his life. Like, He, has, he doesn't know that at this point. I know. Like, the, There's not a whole lot for Luke to be full of hatred over. Although, I guess the Empire killed his aunt and uncle. Although, if he's really feeling passionately towards that, he's been bottling it up for the entire time series so far you know what i mean yeah no that is true in the sense that we don't know what really luke's life has been like uh for those 17 years and for like or 19 years or whatever it was the other side is he potentially has had some some rough times of like abandonment and over the last few years he has had no one he has had no family he also like he also doesn't need to have a lot of background for his hatred. He is a Skywalker, and it's in him. To, it is to the, feel blindly hate hateful. Yeah, that's true. Um, but then there's also the fact that the only people, the only people who he's looked up to in like parental roles, were killed under Vader's order totally. or killed by Vader. Totally. So it makes sense for him to be pretty mad. Give and me- also, Han was just captured. Yeah. Give me your Jedi Knight question. Uh, My Jedi Knight question is, what was the budget for Empire Strikes Back? Oh, wow. This is fascinating. Um, Okay. So if I take into consideration inflation and uh, $22 million. Excellent guess. Really? Excellent guess. Cool. 18 million. Nice. Yeah. Wow. That's still amazing. They pulled it off for 18 million bucks. I know. It was a long time ago. In a galaxy far, far away. Yes. The dollar could potentially have gone way further. 18 million bucks. And what did you say they've spent on Solo? Uh, Over 300 million. Oh, God, that's insane. There are some reports that say it's almost 500, including the marketing budget. Oh, my God, that's insane. Which I'm not saying is true, but it is absolutely over 300. And uh, they're not making their money back Isn't that anytime wild? soon. Isn't that wild? They might it's, not make their money back, period. That's amazing. I know. It's, it's crazy. Making like, well, like they'll 20%. make it back in like DVD sales to like hardcore fans, but yeah. that's it. They'll, yeah. they'll make almost no profit on this movie if well, they make maybe, any. Maybe it's a lesson learned. Don't take this lightly. Which they knew already, but like now they have evidence not to take it lightly. Well, I mean, you could say it's the marketing. You could have it as the Last Jedi backlash. The fact that it was too close to the Last Jedi and that no one actually ever asked for this movie that's or right. needed it. That's right. I think that's I think the all those one. things in combined to really, and I, I, I agree with you, I do think that is the biggest one. Right. Uh, that people just didn't need to see this movie. And when you have a like a casual fan of like, oh, I'll absolutely go see the new Star Wars movie. Oh, it's it's just Han Solo? It's not even Harrison Ford? Nah, I don't need to see and that one. And people having decided that they, they know better than casting directors that Anthony and Gruber, who has a YouTube channel, should have been the guy to play this movie. He was uh, auditioned. So he auditioned for the he role. He should have been auditioned. And uh, he... Apparently they had really high expectations. That's yep. the way they worded it in terms of like... They went. They went into his audition knowing the he great had a reputation up. and leg up that he had. Well, then that sounds to me like he really botched the audition. No, that sounds to me like they really wanted Alden. That's the way they tried to word it. I guess uh, he was the first person of everyone. Isn't that crazy? To audition, which is yeah. so weird. Yeah. Um, but I guess that means at that point, because they had their favorite already. Everyone after him just had to beat him and Mm. Anthony and Gruber didn't beat him. Right. So it was basically everyone who would come in Yeah, like is he better? No. Okay. Although I know they did do like several rounds I think like there were four rounds of uh, auditions for the character solo funny enough because there were seven for Lando (laughs) Yeah, wow Unreal. (laughs) I actually heard that Donald Glover kind of asked for that role that like he uh, heard he, did. he asked his agent yeah he said please give me an audition for that which is kind of cool because everybody would have wanted that anyway yeah it well, seems so obvious his, his agent told him do not hold your breath yeah <laughs> which is just a good thing to tell anybody who wants to be in a star wars movie yeah that's true but let's face it i think that was that was definitely the role that once everybody heard we were like yes thank god yeah. it gave people faith speaking of the bad attitudes of many star wars fans did you hear about kelly marie tran that is so sad. It is really sad. So she she's been getting harassed because her character in the Last Jedi has not been very popular among Star Wars fans. Rose, yeah, and she deleted all her Instagram posts this mm-hmm. week because people were just like polluting them with meanness. Mm-hmm. And she's just like a, she seems like a nice person. She's seen, I, I've actually I've seen her interviewed and she seems so incredibly sweet. Yeah, uh, and do I like Rose? Nope. I don't think she's a good character. I don't think she's necessary, but. She's part of the Star Wars family, and you embrace everyone in the Star Wars family. That's how it works. Well said. And also, why are people so stupid that they keep blaming actors for writing they don't like? Yeah, exactly. Well, people are stupid, though. Yeah, (laughs) clearly. Clearly. In that instance. I hope that she gets redeemed in in episode nine. They could do something with her character that makes her really badass, and that'd be cool. That would be really cool, because... And that's the thing. Everybody talked about Darth Jar Jar. Like, that would have been really cool. And obviously hindsight's twenty twenty and it would have been easily the biggest risk ever done with a movie franchise in history. Totally. But this is an opportunity where JJ can take the character who is disliked and make them a good character yep. in episode nine. Yep. Uh make their part smaller, but make their part good. Yeah. Whereas Jar Jar in like Attack of the Clones, he was equally as annoying. He was just in it way less. Yeah. And Rose has the bones to be a good character. Her plot line was just so bad. It was bad, but she wasn't jar jar bad. No, 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 for Christ's sake, it wasn't that bad. She wasn't the problem with it. She was not good enough to like lift it out. Lift lift how terrible that part of the movie was. Neither was Benicio del Toro, who's pretty good. Have you noticed? Well, also Finn's a great character. Yeah, and that was just a hollow terrible plot line it, was. it wasn't the character's fault let me give you uh my trivia question oh your jedi one my my jedi night question what kitchen appliance was clearly used in the mechanical hand fuck i did not see at all really uh. it's true I've, I've 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 known this to be true and if you see it you'll go oh that's exactly what that is um hmm It's on the flap of skin that is kind of open on Luke's hand. Okay, well, this will make it maybe. Yeah, I'm really not going to have much of a guess on this one. No. Um... Cheese grater, bro. Oh, really? I was I was really wanted to say egg beater, but it just yeah. didn't work. But there's, a, there's a big old cheese grater on the inside of Luke's wrist. That's weird. Yep. I never would have guessed that. Oh, you got to see it. It's pretty clearly a cheese grater. Oh, I'm going to actually look that up because that's really <laughs> weird. All right, let's do our master questions because sure. I, I don't have anything else. Mine's not good either. What's Me neither. Yours? What's yours? Uh, What is the last piece of C-3PO to be reassembled? Oh, shit. <laughs> I win! Trivia day! Did he put on his hand? head first or last he puts his head on first uh i'm like pretty sure he puts his head on first but i'm gonna go ahead because i am not gonna guess the right one of the other limbs no it was his right leg yeah. cut off at the knee i never would have guessed that quick enough so that's uh, fair i feel good fair enough well you're gonna get fucked on mine i'm sorry uh, i'm sure you <laughs> uh what is the last thing we see in empire strikes back in reference to um that final shot so what is the what are luke leia 3po and r2 looking at out the window in the final shot of empire oh geez i don't know i, I they kind of attach themselves to some kind of rebel fleet i mm-hmm. guess yeah but i don't know what specifically they're looking at okay well it looks like a galaxy yeah which has created a lot of confusion amongst yeah. people and so what there galaxy are, would that be yeah well there are actually there are two answers Uh, I I dug and I dug and I could not find either of them confirmed by canon okay or either of them confirmed as being only legends okay and, and not still canon but it could either be one of two things the galactic rim of the galaxy that all of everything exists in and they're so far out of it that they're looking at it and that's how they hide oh okay and that's the reason is the empire can't track them out there so that's where the their current rebel base is that's fair uh or it's a protostar, which is a star that has kind of like dust rings around it. And ultimately, that's less good. But it's also the more, I don't know. Actually, I think that one makes more sense. I don't know what a protostar is. S- but storytelling-wise, why does that matter? Why would that matter that they're looking at a protostar? Yeah, but why would they be looking? I think it's i think it's a mistake is what it is. Yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> yeah, but, you're right. Uh, I don't know. You have to be so far out of that galaxy. You know what's a mistake? And also think about it. Seriously, there's nowhere in the galaxy to hide? And what about the outer rim of the galaxy? We're always told that that's the part. I don't like, know, Ross. They didn't have you with them to come up with all the great ideas. Hey, I am no Dave Filoni. <laughs> not yet, I guess. Not chance. Uh, R2 should probably use that smokescreen thing more often. That thing that he does to get away from the stormtroopers. R2 has so many tricks up his sleeve, it's he's, ridiculous. He's such a little inspector gadget, but he creates this smoke screen I'm like, you should do that every day. <laughs> that's <laughs> such a good trick. Well, it's probably not always full. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe he has to recharge it. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. I've been meaning to make this as another thing that needs to change. I'm sorry, but... I don't get why Leia consistently goes with these really stupid haircuts. Her haircut at the end of Empire is also ridiculous. Those two big weird loop things. I always kind of liked that haircut. No, I think it's weird looking. I always kind of liked it. Although she's like... She's she's, gone back with like the Hoth haircut. She has been to the salon in that final shot. eh? Mm -hmm. Like she got done up for their escape. They're pampered at Cloud City. That that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Lando would have sent her to some spa that he has access to. So she has that hair when they're making their getaway? Really? Yeah, she's got the hair at the end of the movie. You've been meaning to... That's really been weighing on you? Well, just in terms of, like, (laughs) why? Like, why does she always have such weird hair? Because, I mean, a lot of these uh, female characters in Star Wars always have really weird hair. Uh, One cool thing... Amidala had crazy hair in Phantom Menace, Mm -hmm. and Rey has some kind of weird hair, too. Well, do you know how their braids work? Uh, You mean the one bun, two bun, three bun thing? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of fun. That is kind of interesting. Well, it's it's so, kind of it's kind of interesting, except for that we have no reason to believe that Rey is related to to Leia and Padme. No, but of course that was one thing that people assumed. She's got to be a Skywalker. She got three buns. She must be a she Skywalker. The trend. So yeah. Padme had one, Leia two, and no, that's just good uh, set. to... Uh, stylization like that's yeah. just that's just good filmmaking it's got nothing to do with the well, story. star wars is supposed to parallel like that and that's yes, the thing it's exactly it, they're not saying that like lando is also han's like long lost brother because he also said oh no it's not fair and he wore a vest oh my god they must be related <laughs> there's only one vest family in this galaxy <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely a hidden joke in there yeah yeah you're probably right <laughs> um, so when it comes to, I guess, in the news, there's not a whole lot. Uh, there's a couple cool little tidbits, though, about kind of the behind-the-scenes on Solo. Uh, so initially when they switched from uh, Paul Bettany for the role of Dryden Vos, uh they wanted to get someone who would be good-looking. Yep. So they switched away from kind of like the half-lion character because they didn't think, like, why would Kira fall in love with the cowardly lion? Right. So that didn't work. And so then when they got Paul Bettany... Then they realized that he was just too good-looking, so they gave him the scars. And so that's where that the entire look of the character came from, and that they wanted someone to be good-looking but not too good-looking. I mean, I don't really think Paul Bettany is, like, too good-looking. I think he's kind of, like, he's striking, mm-hmm. but, like, he's not, like, a George Clooney handsome. He's got kind of a funny look about him that makes him very... F- for star wars i thought yeah. the scars were just a good idea because this character is scary oh i thought it, i thought he was a very well designed character totally very cool he had very broad shoulders and like it was a cool design in the character i was glad they went with what they did although yeah. i would be cool to see him come like sound like a minotaur style character in star wars that'd be kind of cool definitely and i'd love to see some some artwork oh. of what minotaur is a bull isn't it i'm getting mixed up uh yeah it is there's one that's like half lion I would, I would love to see uh, uh, some artwork of what the other character was supposed to look like before he was recast. Can we see that anywhere? Uh, I haven't seen anything, but I'm sure it'll come out at some. Uh, if there, there might be a solo art book. Or they might recycle that idea for someone else. Yep, they've definitely done that. Uh, I know Lassat, which is a species, uh, one of the main characters in Rebels, Zeb. He's a Lassat, but mm-hmm. Lassats were kind of the amphibian equivalent of what Wookiees might have been at one point. Oh, like interesting! In the '70s, not Gungans. No, that's an amphibian Wookiee. No, 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 like, it, like, no, no, no. Specifically, like, much more wookiee esque in terms of being a brute. Okay, um, and it was. Just, it's interesting to see how the evolution of like the, the pointy ears and how they removed those, and but then they were able to recycle it and make a totally other species out of their initial drafts of another species. Right. There's also this is a cool one, and it was from Reddit Star Wars speculation. Woolavan the poster they just had a, a theory that they thought of and I thought it was, was one of the best theories that I just haven't heard uh, but Kira specifically there it's is Snoke. Uh, no. Kira Snoke uh, I will give a spoiler warning on this one though so spoiler alert. Kira uh, the theory on this is that she's part of Crimson Dawn the entire time. Uh, yeah. Her wrists are covered with leather straps in the opening sequence. okay she moves really slow. She's in times. Crimson Dawn like in the getaway scene in the beginning. that's his theory. Oh. And that all she ever tried was to get Han off the planet. Because she loved him and she wanted to save him. Yeah, then... but she was already too deep. She knew she wasn't getting off. And that's the reason why she never made any efforts to leave anyway, because she never wanted to. But then like, then there's the question of when did she get recruited by Crimson Dawn? Like, how young was she? And I don't know. That's interesting. It's it's, it's it's cool kind of theory in the sense that the wrists are covered – who knows? She's a character that sucks at the moment, but given the right backstory and, like, more stories with Kira in it, could be a character that could end up being really cool. I don't really think that the, the character sucks. I think the char- character's just not fleshed out enough. Yep, and that's possible, but at the moment, Solo did not give a good entry point for Kira. This is so true. Yeah, and that's and that's tr- that's the thing. is I'm also keeping my mind open, as all of you who bash Rose, should that maybe next movie it'll kind of retcon some stuff uh maybe maybe we'll never see Kira again in anything canon but I would be very shocked I'm assuming that they're going to try and fix some of the little errors in some way shape or form do you think Amelia clark has got another job at Lucasfilm no I don't necessarily think that but there's okay. always other mediums whether yeah. it's a good book or uh, a compelling uh tv show now with John Favreau having that option yeah uh, I, that's one oh, where older Kira There's always cool options. Whoa, 60-year-old Kira would be kind of messed up. That would be really cool. Yeah. Because you can make make her this really intense character. I would love it if Kira became like the leader of Crimson Dawn, and that was one of the main cartels in the galaxy. That works for me. I do not want this number two taking over her boss's job and then still reporting to Darth Maul and us knowing nothing about this. It's so weird. It's... Darth Maul being in the criminal underworld works, but it doesn't tie things together nicely. It could be, though. Okay. I think Kira could be a really important character. She's just not being done well yet. All right. Okay, this podcast is going to get you a job at Lucasfilm. That would be awesome. I, I will gonna t- take it. I think that someone is just going to tune in and they're like, we got to sue these guys. Wait a second. I'm going to hire him. Ah. Sue the other guy. <laughs> that sucks for you, Colin. <laughs> yeah, it does. You're right. Hey, are we about done? Uh, two co- two small little things. Okay, uh, we're getting a Beckett comic book in August. Oh, fun! So that's That can cool. be kind of cool. Really yeah. get to learn more about that character. Uh, that's one that there was a f- couple big flaws for me, uh, but overall, seeing like not the end of their story, Beckett could be a cool character to hear about his past. Oh, endeavors. definitely. Yeah, I loved Woody Harrelson. Yeah, he he he, he was excellent. Yeah, excellent. Uh, and the final little point is there's new a new production title for episode nine, uh, Trixie. Okay, so I don't really know what that means, other than the fact that the IX in the middle are capitalized for nine. No, that's fun, uh, but oh, that's why it's it's just yeah, a playful it, thing. Yeah, but it was before it was called Black Diamond, oh, and they changed that. So potentially there was a script change. Um, Black Diamond's a cool-sounding name, actually. Well, it, it, who knows what it meant though? Nah. Uh, there's usually some form of connection. You know what Solo's fake name was? Uh, Red Cup. was called it? it Red Cup. Yeah, which is great. It's <laughs> so funny. That is really quite funny. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Well, uh, listen, we're going to take a week off because we've finished two whole movies now. Yeah. Thanks for sticking with us. Next week, we're going to take off, and then we'll be back with the first 20 minutes of Return of the Jedi. In the meantime, uh, maybe go see Solo again. Come back to us with some new observations. You can tweet us your thoughts on the podcast at Recorder66, or you can email us at Recorder66podcast at gmail.com. And as Luke said at the end of Empire Strikes Back, ow. (laughs) (laughs)